welcome to the UK Airshow Review podcast, the podcast we started because we had no airshows to review. I'm Tom Jones, Tommy on the forum, and with me today are... Ian Garfield, Ian G on the forum. Dan Ledwood, Leadhead27 on the forum. Sam Wise, we're Sam24 on the forum. Andy Evans, Boff180 on the forum. Why are you called Boff180, Andy? Where's yeah, well, my school nickname was Boff, and it just was a random number when I did my very first Eva. I've just stuck with it. Really? There we are. Uh, it's a bit of a combo breaker for the for the rest of the name. Personal personal <laughs> data for all Andy Evans. Everything's Boff. Bit of GDPR. Boff 180. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Now we're gonna have to declare it as the information commissioner's office. Um, so Andy, yes, welcome. It's good to have you on the podcast. Um, good uh, to be here. People who are. Uh, UCAR regulars will, will know Andy um, is part of the furniture. Um, Andy uh, is an enthusiast, as, as enthusiast as enthusiastic as they come. That's not what I meant. Um, <laughs> but is a is a proper red-blooded enthusiast. Um, has considerable React history, um, and now volunteers. For them. What what's, you, what's your position volunteering for React? My official position is press office support. Ah, there we go. In the media liaison group, working in the me- in the media centre at the back of the uh, back of the showground. Um, but in the recent years, I've also been writing the little notice boards in front of all the aircraft on the blue cones. Ah, nice. So we got you to blame when it says like you know, a tutor can carry JDAMs or something. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I would actually love to see that. So that that actually. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I'd right. love to see that. Love to see the love, love to see the armourers trying to load it. <laughs> You put them on top of the wings, yeah, sure. Jags did it. So, Andy, so uh, let's, I suppose, let's jump in and talk about React. Um, we'll talk about maybe some other happenings um, during the week, perhaps at the end, just to mix things up. So, when was your first React? My first React was 1993 when the MiGs collided. Was it? Do you remember it? A lot. Because what many people don't know is the second MiG just missed a campsite. Which what? Just landed on the other side of a hedge. The, the, what the one that went? No, it was one of the official campsites. We happened to be camping on it. Uh, one of the most secure nights we ever had because the entire campsite was kept under guard overnight. <laughs> Did you find a piece of MIG in your tent when you got back to it after the uh, <laughs> just burnt a hole through the? No, campus. luckily enough. <laughs> so how far away was it? Uh, you only a few hundred yards. It was over the back of the airfield by the main gate. The Jeez. campsite was. I mean, actually passed over the camp on fire before going into the field. So, were you in the campsite or were you in the showground? No, my mother was at the time, though. We were actually just leaving the airfield when we saw it go down. That sounds awful. Not, not the most like, not the best starts to to a react. uh, (laughs) I remember a crash. You know, (laughs) (laughs) but it was an absolutely amazing show. I had it was the first one the bear was at. I've got a photo somewhere of me as a little kid standing with two Russian pilots with their massive hats on. Nice, nice. And their massive plane as well. Oh yes, part next to B-52. Oh, yes. And so, had, had you have you gone to Riyadh, like consistently since then, or was that like a... I did 93, 93, 94, 95, um, but then, because I was a teenager and kid, I didn't really have much control over which shows I went to. And then started going back in the 2000s, did one of the Cottesmores, and then I've been to every single one since 2006 ever since. So, was that because it was just like your local show, or was that because you were interested, you had an enthusiasm in it from a very early age? 
Um, I'm, I'm, where did that enthusiasm come from? Did that come from your mum or from your dad? Or, enthusiasm or, comes or from my grandparents. Um, and it was we, we went because there was a campsite and we camped at the show. Up until then, we were doing Finningley as well. But in the intervening year, we did Waddington every year. I'm not, I, in fact, I never missed a Waddington. And it was just we had to do one show a year. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. okay. So over the I over... missed Waddington. Oh, I missed Waddington. <laughs> I only did two Waddingtons. Um, I miss it. In its heyday, it was an absolute cork of a show. It had the test pilots from the with flankers. It had F one one sevens. It had the Indians. It had everything. Out of interest. Uh, over the over the shows that you've done, because obviously you've done by the sounds of it quite a few. What's been your favourite show? And that's quite a route one question, but oh god, um, I think it would have to be my very first air show, which was the Finningley. Uh, okay. Finningley ninety two when the Blue Angels were there. Was it was it because and of the Blue Angels? Started my love of that team. Mm. Yeah, love of that team, and also uh, I'd just been on one of my first base tours as a kid at Lake and Heath. And one of the pilots was there with one of the F-15s, and he let me pass the gate, and I crawled all over one of the F-15s, the amazement of everyone that was watching. That's cool. And it's just a memory that yeah. stuck with me. Awesome. Dream. Dream. So how long have you been doing photography at our shows? Since, well, I'd say early 2000s, I started with some really point-and-shoot stuff, mm-hmm. and it was really rubbish, my stuff. Um, but I forgot my first digital SLR in 2005. And from there, it just skyrocketed. I just kept upgrading my kit and just going as m- many times as I could while I was a student. Mm. So, looking at um, Reacts then, 2006 to, I was going to say present day, 2006 to 2019. F. Um, F. Lol. What's your. <laughs> what's <laughs> your. Um, say, I don't know, pick like five moments that stand out for you and, and why. Five moments has to be. Number one has to be the Black Eagles. They were an absolutely cracking team. They were basically red arrows with Yeah. They were I thought they were red arrows with reheat. I think good. I think plenty of other people put them that highly as well. Yeah. They were a they fantastic were a good team. display. Yeah. It's interesting because I mean I mean they were very good. They were a good display team. I and admittedly I only uh, saw them on one day, um, on the Saturday. But like uh, yeah, they're, they're very good, but they didn't like blow my mind. Did you see them draw the? Did you see them draw the? Um, is it the take it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the 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 South Korean flag in the sky. That was nuts. I've never seen any display team that done that. You can judge how popular a show is at React if you're in Freeat as to how the Freeat grandstand reacts. And at that one year, an engineer from the team turned up to give out some posters, and he came into the grandstand. And he was completely taken back because the entire grandstand actually gave him a standing ovation when he appeared. Really? Wow. That's nice. And I've never seen that happen since. Apart from when the Queen was there in 2008, when she landed next to the grandstand. So, Black Eagles number one. Um, then, at the end of the 2008, for, I know it was a cancelled show. Um, you guys know, in the background, I bang on about the Fumarca. I'm a big fan of the Fumarca, and I thought it was great to see them at Riyadh. The Brazilian um, Tucano team. The Smoke Squadron, yeah. Yeah. I think it would be great to see them back if they can ever get back on the Super Tucanos, because I think we missed out on the treat that year. Um, the first appearance of the um, F-22 was another good one. And then going on, I think, when we had the B-2 do its topside pass, that has to be in the top five. Mm. I've never seen one do that anywhere else. Uh, that was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, ever. I was stuck in Totter down for that. 
um, which was regrettable. Oh, shame. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was it was cool in a different way, um, but um, yeah, really annoying. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll try to get some different angles of the show, you know. I thought, because I, I, I thought, and I still think, that Tossa Downs stays are numbered as a campsite that people can be in as a, for a, on a parking view basis. Um, so I thought, I'll go, like, if I never ever, because every year I thought, oh, I'll go next year, I'll go next year, because I'm not yeah, that bothered. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, and then, that's always been me as well. Yeah, and then I thought, I, I have to go, because if I don't, then I'll, I'll just never do it, and then it'll be lost, and it'll just be another thing that I haven't done in aviation. So, yeah, what a day to bloody do it. But I got some, oh. I got some cool shots of thing, you know, other things in that way. So, out, out of interest, Andy, just just jumping back to Smoke Squadron, um, what makes them a favourite of yours? Is it the display itself, or uh, is it the aircraft? It's the aircraft colour scheme. I think the vanilla original Embraer Tucano is a lot better looking than the Shorts Tucano with its single piece canopy. Um, fuel tanks, when you're using external fuel tanks, it they just look different aircraft mm. they just look great and in a formation the colour scheme just is superb they, 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 I presume they do display the smoke because sort of defeat the uh, picture of the name, <laughs> <Yeah>. the, name. <laughs> the, the non-smoke squad I just realised how much of a dumb question the that was red arrows are going to re red arrows are going to re rebrand themselves <laughs> the... what's the plane it's the it's the RAF red fireworks Oh, the red arrows, is that, are they called that? Because they're painted red? <laughs> I'm going to sack myself from you, card now. Don't mate, we'll, we'll, I'm not, we'll I'm do not it for you. We'll do it for you, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, don't don't deprive us of that pleasure, Dan. That's all I have. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yeah, so... So, Andy, so, like... Um, Sorry, I interrupted. Dan, what were you saying about smoke from the smoke squadron? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm done now. You're I'm done? very yeah. much done. Yeah. You're gonna park yep. that car, okay? Yep. So, so Andy, so how how do how do the Fumaka compare to say um, other turboprop teams that you've seen? Say the uh, the Croatian um, uh, Krila Ulue. Is it Krila Ulue? Krila Ulue, yeah. Probably Wings butchered. Um, I would actually say they're on par what we've seen is for Marker in this country under their reg our regulations they did one practice display in 2008 and that was in awful weather um, I would put them on par with the Wings of Storm I'd expect they're not from what I've seen on YouTube there's very tight formations and good manoeuvres and it'd be nice to see what they could do at Fairford especially now in the more powerful Super Tucano Okay, so that's that's uh, one and two. Struggling to count, not a good sign. Number three. <laughs> well, I've got it? four on. I've got the Raptor and I've got the B two. Oh, in sorry. There as well. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. You chucked all that in there as well. Jesus, Tom, yeah. that's shocking. All right. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was stupid. I really, really, am forgetting to count. No, you, you, you still are. Man. It's it's a bad it's a bad podcast when Sky God shows me up, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> Cool. All right. So, um, yeah. So, plenty of good reacts. Plenty of um, interesting sort of memories, right from the MIG, MIG crashes to the 2008 cancellation. Um, so, you. When was your first free at? Was it in 2006? 2007. 2007. Your first free app. Okay. Dream. Yeah. And what? And what was it that? What was it that made you um, join free at or start free at? Uh, the access to the airfield 
during the arrivals on the wet on the Thursday and the Friday inside the enclosure, and it was just made a holiday of it basically, rather than going mm. there for one day and getting absolutely shattered for just one day. You got there for a week, you met up with friends, knew already knew of a lot of friends that did for it, and I just meant I could have a bit of a holiday of making an airship, which you can't do much elsewhere. How does how does free out now or when you last did it and we'll come to the you know when you stop doing free out but how does free out now compared to free out back then when you first started doing it? Uh, well, free out's had to change as the regulations have changed and the um, scenarios that free out has to perform in. Um, it used to be that you got the Thursday night walk around for free out, which was very popular, but had to stop for a number, a couple of reasons, which I'll, we'll come on to during volunteering. But um, I think as well, it used to be, I think it used to be friendlier. I've seen over the years more and more people coming to free out that are just interested in themselves and they don't see the social aspect of it. And I think that has changed a little bit. It's a shame because I'd like to see it come back because you've all experienced the social aspect of it and it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, for so do you, uh, sorry, Dan. I was just going to say, um, so 2019 is the one and only time that I've ever done free out. It's always been days, just you know, general admission, and as as you sort of alluded to there, Randy, like the the social aspect of it is so much easier compared to doing it as just a general punter, and it's nice, you know, you can hopefully sit next to your mate and things like that. Um, and it's interesting that you say. I, I'd be interested to see how it compared to you know, ten years ago when it was. I mean, that's. That, I was going to say that's that's very much been my experience. Um, I've been doing it since uh, t- uh, twenty fourteen, and and that's that's a hundred percent been my experience. Like you, you can't go in the enclosure at any time without you know bumping into someone you know and having a chat. Um, and and I I found the, the social experience of free out to have been you know since then fantastic and excellent so it's interesting you say that so, it's, so, so how how exactly has that changed because obviously i mean obviously you've not done it for a couple of years but certainly my recent experience of recent free has been a very social experience well i think one example i'd use is back in 2008 on the second free app we all know how abysmal the weather was on that friday it killed the show effectively um i was lucky enough to be on to be drawn out of a hat to go on a ride along with the follow me vehicles during that rainstorm so I was out of it taking photos of all the flying aircraft but when I came back you had half the grandstand who knew you'd been selected laughing and joking and yelling things like stone him, burn him, get him soaked all that sort of thing, just having a laugh and I've never seen that happen again since (laughs) no they were definitely having a joke death Yeah, because they were there sitting like drowned rats. Um, and it was... Yeah, I've just seen more people... Like, if you see someone stand up, then they get screamed at to sit down instead of being asked to sit down. And um, I just think it's the sort of people in there. A free at is still brilliant. Oh, don't get me wrong. Um, and free at is what you make of it. Um, but it's just the clientele seems to have changed a little. Interesting that... Um... They used to was was that a regular thing drawing people out of a hat to sit in the follow me vehicles? I think it was a one-off special because it was the RF ninetieth, mm. and they knew they had a very long downtime because the Queen was on site and the parade was happening, and that there'd be nothing happening, so they was able to do it. So, um, 
I mean, do you miss Fregat? I mean, we'll move on to what you're doing now, but do you miss it? In some ways, yeah. I would say yes, definitely. Because obviously, I'm, when I'm at Riyadh, I'm, we're effectively a family in the volunteer team. Um, that's how we treat each other and that's how we have to behave. But um, you don't get there's a chance to sit there all day taking photos and make, or having multiple chances of taking photos of the same display over a week. Um, you get your different opportunities, but you're there to work end of the day. And if you're there disappearing off to take your own photos, it gets noticed. So you started out volunteering at Scampton Airshow. Um, obviously, there's, there's, there's yeah. no Scampton Airshow anymore, or, or not at the moment. Um, but I remember back then, whatever, whatever year it was, I can't remember. Um, in you know, in our, our like our Facebook group chat, very early on, it seemed to be something you wanted to do to volunteer there. Um, and I, I just, just the impression I got was it's something you'd been thinking about for a while. Why? What? What made you want to volunteer at a specifically at Scampton and B, um, you know, at an air show in general? Uh, well, being as I loved Waddington, I knew Waddington was over. I knew it wasn't coming back for a variety of reasons. Um, and when they announced they were going to do Scampton, um, I immediately thought, well, this I recognised that this needed to succeed. It, everything had to be thrown at it to make it succeed. Um, and at the time, um, it happened. I thought, well, I've been writing for so many years for UCAR, criticising websites, being critical of websites, what's going wrong, what they could do better. I thought, it's time for me to put my money where you my mouth is. You mean air shows, right? Air shows, yes, sorry. Super <laughs> <laughs> words there. Fuck yes. the web. Right, criticising web. Damn, this website's rubbish. <laughs> Disregard online. I'm going to write a review of Google. <laughs> yeah. Thank God that was a slip. Yeah, and I'll just... I've that time put my money where my mouth was and try and help organise an air show or run an air show instead of just constantly saying what was wrong with them. And it was the opportunity to do that. Yeah, power to you, fair enough. Hmm. So so what was volunteering at Scampton like then? Uh it was fun, I will say that. A lot of fun. We got wet a lot as well. But um it wasn't. I thought it would be a lot more structured. Well what what happens at Scampton stays at Scampton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds a lot of fun, huh? Yeah, because you're a volunteer, you have to everything. You can treat it that way that you're there as a volunteer and you want to do it. Not so you. It's hard to explain. That they ask you to do stuff, or say you've got a task, and would you, would you mind doing it? Um, what you do find out is you learn new perspective on air shows, and you've, I very quickly learnt that where I used to be criticising some things as a punter, there was actually reasons why that was happening ones that were either very complex or it would if they did something it would have a knock on effect or something else and it just gave me that new perspective really you got you got any examples that that sort of jump out oh well like everyone criticized Scampton really for the time of year it was okay um but then you had but then when you're sitting there you realize um it's an air show being organized by for the RAF by the RAF CTA who already have their massive air show in July so that stops them doing a show in July. They then run the flying display at East Fortune. That knocks out end of July, beginning of August. Um, August was full of beach shows, so the Red Arrows weren't really available for doing a weekend show. And then in September, they had a very, very short window because um, 
in Lincoln you have to use the um, universities for the accommodation because there's not enough hotels. So they had to do it before the university started gearing up, which gave them such a small window to do it in that they had really no choice. And then they then ended up clashing with a major European show, which was established and took all the acts. I find it interesting that it's that it's uh, the reason for the for the date of Scampton was what you know kind of down to when the universities went back. They couldn't find any other accommodation then apart from like halls of residence. Uh, unless you spend time in Lincoln and Lincolnshire, um, you don't. The outside Lincoln there isn't anything. Okay. In reality, there's hotels like Petwood and stuff in Woodall. But mm. outside of Lincoln itself, it's agricultural and agricultural only, really. It's simi- sim- similar how to um, Cosford use uh, University of Wolverhampton accommodation. God, they're brave. Right, okay. It's interesting because accommodation isn't something you'd ever really think about, you know, in terms of an air show. And you think about sort of the, the you know, as, as an air show goer, um, and you think about the, the logistics and you know the organization behind it accommodation is nothing is something you would never take into account like it just wouldn't occur to you even though you know they're going to be staying somewhere you know it's it, you would never think of it as being um such a a, a, a fundamental uh, like foundation stone of of an air show uh just it just doesn't it never occurs to you it's a massive jigsaw not only have you crew good accommodation, you've got to sort out your volunteers, you've got your main staff, um, you've got to make sure whatever gets set up um, goes around the airfield itself and works with the airfield. Um, another example with Scampton, um, parking for static aircraft. The pan that the Red Arrows is u- use, when it was resurfaced, is only cleared for an aircraft up to the weight of a Hawk. And that's half of the parking on that side of the airfield. So, so let's so thinking about Scampton then. Um, obviously, it's it went ahead in 2017. Gosh, that long ago now. God, it does seem um, like it's didn't go. Ago then, but then yeah. January. It does, When you talk about Scampton, it seems like yesterday, and then you talk about 2017. You're like, oh Christ, remember that? Um, so that airshow hasn't come back. Do you? Well, two questions. Firstly, do you think it will? And secondly, what do you think would need to change? For it to come back on a yearly basis, to put COVID and everything aside, and you know treat it as a as a normal air show season. I don't think Scampton will ever come back. To be honest, Scampton itself is closing. Oh, of course, crap. Um, Shit, balls. All right. I, I, I didn't want to say anything, Tom, but um, forgot. Didn't no. I? <laughs> Ian, cut. The only way I could the whole see the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andy, uh, yeah. the only way I could see something coming back in Lincolnshire is say if Waddington became usable again. Well, with the, the red, red arrows, arrows coming in, Warrington. yeah. Um, with the reds moving back, I think that's possible. I'll, uh, it's never really been publicly confirmed, and, I'm, and it's completely assumption on my part. But it's always been feeling that because of the I Star fleet, there had a lot of things to do around the Predator, dro- the Reaper drones, was a lot to do with the air show not coming back. Which is weird because now they're putting the red arrows there, which are the public face of the RAF, and yeah. it's it's a widely acknowledged thing that there's a very dedicated photographer following of the red arrows at all seasons. Um, that they'll they'll follow the red arrows anywhere. So well, I mean that's yeah. where the the shadows are based, one of the most secretive aircraft in the RAF. Well, quite yeah, yeah. for years. You know, I I remember you know people saying when when I was at Waddington, you know, they they never had them on static. They'd always be 
tucked away at the back of the, the uh, you know, back back of the hangars and locked away, and you couldn't see them. And then I remember going to the uh, the Avro Three Sisters Day at Waddington, you know, the, the two Lancasters and the Vulcan. And obviously, big crowd gathered for that. Every huge crowd to see all the the, the Lancasters and the Vulcan, all all. Da, 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 da. And they had a shadow circuit bashing. It just seemed so weird, like like that, to have their most secretive aircraft doing this thing when there's a huge crowd gathered that they would never show off at an air show. Hmm. What about um, the rivet joints as well, potentially moving to Fafid? Uh I think that's still going to go ahead. Um, as a witness myself last year when I was there at the show, there is a lot of money being spared up, spent on Fairford. Um, a lot of the accommodation has been upgraded. We had to use a diner on the airfield because we usually use the diner on the Site 14, um, which is the air, the off the mess, and that was being redone, ready, and they're redoing the commissary on. I think that's how you say it. Commissary on site. I think that's still going to happen, to be honest. So, well, but that's what I mean. You know, so they're moving the Reds to Waddington. The rivet joints are moving out. I appreciate that they're not the most clandestine of the fleet, but and you know, Sentinels are slated for retirement, to say nothing of the E3s. So, you know, other than the shadows, and there's plenty of other places for them to well, go, you know, that are a lot more secretive. It just seems like such a weird paradox. And if that's the justification for not having a show in the east of England, it just sounds like it's an excuse that's looked for to justify not doing it rather than a legitimate excuse yeah. for not doing it I can understand I'll say the one thing we scamped at the first year had quite a lot of military support um, and one thing we were all briefed on um, was the model of the show was going to run to and it was one of the reasons why the ticket prices were at the price they were um, the RAF made it clear that they were going to reduce their support on the ground year on year for this show until it was 100% volunteer run, where Riyadh isn't, there's a good chunk of military there. Um, so they had to get the money up in front to be able to pay for the supporting the show without any military support. Um, why Why would the RAF want an, an entirely civilian-run air show on their own base? You'd have to ask that one, to be honest. Ask them on that one, to be honest. Well, yeah, we're just chucking stuff out. I mean, we're obviously not, not cross-examining you. Um, yeah. It does seem weird, though, doesn't it? Especially when you know they can commit to CrossFit year in year out. But then, you know, I I have a an exist an existential I have an ongoing um, worry that um, CrossFit is you know the the powers that be are waiting for an excuse for the CrossFit air show not to go ahead. Um, perhaps this year will be it. Hopefully not, but um, we'll see. But um, okay, so we talk about so we talked about the river joints moving to Riyadh, and you talk about the money that's gone into Fairford. So was when was your first year as a volunteer at Fairford, and what was what was the switch from Scampton to Fairford? I know it was the same team that did Scampton, but was it literally just a case of like we did Scampton? Do you want to do Riyadh, or how, how did that uh, work? It was a well, um, I had such a good time at Scampton that I approached Richard Aquati at the show, who was my team leader. Um, and said, if you want me for Riyadh, I'm available. And that's how it came about, really. And then following year, I started at Riyadh. And what year was so, that? 2018? 2018, yeah. So were you doing the same... Um, well, actually, what actually, what was your role at Scampton? Uh, well, I was in the press office, um, but at Scampton, it was a much smaller team. Um, I did a lot more photography. I worked with Gary Parsons, um, and I we did a lot of is. press release. F4 Aviation, he used to be editor of a lot of aircraft magazines. Um, 
and we did a lot of the press. I did a lot of the arrival photography, and we written, wrote a load of the press off press releases together that went out in the run up to the show, um, and covered things such as it was Lingy's final uh, UK show as Red Ten commentator. Um, so we covered that. We did like a little handover event during the show for him to uh, the new Red Ten, and we did a press release for that, did photography for that. Just where at. Um, React it's a much bigger team it's much more established there's an airside photography team run by Peter March there's a ground photography team there's your escorts and then you have the press office and I was there as a support officer for the press office to give technical advice um, on anything they needed and basically to do anything they needed with photography, write some articles I drove some people about I basically was a bit of a dog's body uh, but it was really good fun Cool. And has your role changed in the uh, between 2018? I was going to say in, in the three years you've done it, in the two years that you've done it at Fairford. Not really. No, the same role last year. Um, the team have quite established roles. Um, I think this next few years there might be some opportunities to change around and do some different things. But it's such a busy team that you get to do everything anyway. Like um, first year I escorted. VIPs, uh, 2019, we ended up doing crowd control at one stage, <laughs> which was interesting. Full linking arm, stopping crowds getting to people. Where was that? Um, which, uh, uh, that was for Tim Peake. Oh, okay. Oh. Because it was bad weather that morning, and he was doing some TV stuff, and it had ha- we ended up happening indoors around the Mars rover, rather than out on the airfield and so we needed to have a bit of crowd control in place the famous Mars rover that was an interesting experience so talk us through a, a React volunteers week then um, you know you, you, you've had your meetings for the year and then you get there on the well a week or however, however, however long it is because I know you guys get there a little bit earlier um, what's it like okay, throughout, throughout the week? week so most of us arrive uh, on the Monday or the Tuesday um, with the main work starting to kick off on the Wednesday um, so on the Monday and Tuesday we arrive we get through our, go and get our passes get our accommodation sorted uh, check in with our managers that were on site um, and then we basically start setting up our sections so obviously the press office has to be set up media centre has to be set up we do that, we'll go and fetch stuff from the compound go and fetch our hire cars and things like that, get it all ready for the Wednesday and Thursday and then on the Wednesday through to Thursday it slowly gets busier depending on what we're doing. Um, on the Wednesday in 2018 for instance we had the Sky Guardian, the protected drone come in so there was a press event for it um, and we had to run that um, and the, as more press come in the busier you get so as the more press events you do or if press need escorting I took a video team out um, on one day to take some video of aircraft and arrangement to go in aircraft to take some shots and, and then obviously you, on the Sunday night we all have a get together and have a, have, well it's now called the awards ceremony uh, but it's really a hangar party <laughs> but um, everyone locks, drop, has, puts their hair down and then during departures day we pack everything up so we don't really get much chance to do the air, see the aircraft early starts? very early starts very early starts, we'll be on the airfield before everyone else is, um, get our breakfast, we'll be half seven, seven o'clock, ready to greet the media as they come in, 
and there'll be some of our team won't leave the airfield until the airfield closes after eight o'clock at night. Out of interest, I mean, it's obviously a totally different experience to what any of us guys do when we go to Riyadh. Is there any aspects of being a volunteer that you don't like? So you'd rather be sort of a general punter rather than being a volunteer. Things that you think that you miss out on. Obviously, you can't look around the aircraft quite the same. But is there anything else particularly? I think it, the one would be missing out on actually stand, sitting there getting an opportunity to plan and get the photography that I want of the aircraft displays. Mm-hmm. Because if you get the chance, if you're running the photo section, because there is a press office photo section down with the commentary area, and we take it in turns to run that, if you're down there, you get an opportunity to take the photos. Yeah. But otherwise, it's are you on a tasking or not? If you're on a tasking, that comes first. Right. It must be so frustrating if there's like you know a display that you know you're you're desperate to see and you're. There's going to be a time occupied. when you're the you're volunteering and, and you're going to be busy. Come out <laughs> and you're going to be stuck inside somewhere doing some sort of escorting. You'll thing. be sat on the toilet and you've got to be like guarding them. Or sods law, you'll be <laughs> guarding them on the blue. Or sods law, you'll be getting. Yeah, I don't know some some arrival shots of them parking up on the pan or something that no one else can get. Yeah, I suppose that's that the sort risk. of opportunity happens. Well, that's not Sod's law, is it? Mm. Yeah, it is. Well, Sod's law is if the worst can happen, that it will happen. Oh, right. Okay. Fine. Well, that's I the thing. Have wanted them landing. Whilst anyway. you might, yeah. <laughs> Whilst you might miss out on that sort of thing, there are those opportunities. Um. It's quite surreal that you're sitting there and there's a B1 taxiing straight towards you and they're parking it right next to you or you're having to get out of the way of something taxiing down the taxiway while you're walking down to go to a tasking and things like that. Um, and you just get, you do get your the unique opportunities which make up for it. And the social aspect, I can't uh, begin to describe. As I keep saying, we're a family. And we for that week we are just one family and we, we do everything together and it's a re- we just have a laugh. We make it fun. Uh, so, obviously, this year you were you were going to be doing volunteering again, and um, you know, obviously not this year now, but but you know ne- next year presumably, if this, assuming there's a show. But do you think you would ever take a break from doing volunteering one year to do the show again as a punter? No, because I think it's a bit. It's almost like an addiction. Once you get the bug, you've got the bug. It's so hard to explain. You go, you you get there on a high, and afterwards you're on such a low, because you've had so much fun and you've let off so much steam. Mm. It's very it's so hard to do, to describe. Everyone yeah, has anger, to do post react. And yet, there's there's however many thousands of volunteers. So clearly, there's you know all doing all sorts of jobs. So there's there's obviously clearly you're right. There's some sort of bug. Um, yeah. What's um. What do you think are the are the, are the differences between experiencing a react as a volunteer and as a uh, member of public? Uh, you get to <laughs> as a member of vol- as a volunteer, you get to see how things work. You get a lot more information on why things are happening the way they are. Um, if you're lucky enough, you get trusted um, with um, more information over what's coming when or. Um, which obviously uh, you are expected to keep confidential. Um, it's just a different angle on a show. You and you get to see all the back workings. You get to you. You finally understand what all the cones are about at React. Put it that way. 
<laughs> all, all them cones. Yes. So, um, as a volunteer at React, then you sort of get the. Uh, I'm not going to say an insider's look, but you get um, more of a showing of behind the scenes than a paying customer would get, naturally. Um, yeah. What do you think are the most common sort of misconceptions or complaints? Thinking about the fact that obviously you've reviewed shows for UCAR, as we all do, what are the most common things that people complain about that are actually happen for a reason? Oh, good. That's a good one. Um. I'd say things, um, one of them I'd say like people complain about the Thursday night free out walk around static. Um, one of the reasons that doesn't happen is because of the Friday show now. Because the showground's open to the public um, on the Friday. On the Thursday night, the ground team are very busy getting everything ready, getting aircraft in position, and it becomes a nightmare for getting. Um, keeping the public safe that are on the, on the airfield on top of that you've got to look at the volunteer fatigue they've probably been on duty since 6 7 a.m um they've got a public showground day coming up so they're going to be on duty for even longer the following day and they've got to rest mm. and they all that used to, they all used to be volunteers that volunteered for the duty um but end of the day they've got to make sure that the people that are looking after them get the rest so they can actually run the actual show and it's just something had to give end of the day and speaking of you know things that have got to give and change, I mean, answers on a postcard with this one. But how do you do? You think things will drastically change next year? I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, we have a react to enjoy next year. But do you think it'll be big changes? I'm going to say it's a it's a hard question to answer. That yeah. I understand. But um, do you think your role will also change because of potential different measures and stuff? I think it would. Um... I think it's inevitable until we get a vaccine that we won't see any air show as normal. Um, things have got to do COVID secure. We've got to look at fo you've got to have make sure of most shows have um, well most have already said they're in trouble financially, haven't they? I'm not talking about React, but I'm talking generally. Um, and the shows have got to survive, so they've got to look. Can they actually? put something on next year in a COVID secure environment um, and if they can what size can it be mm. um, and I think until there is a vaccine we're going to be in a world where we, if we get any air shows they'll be small yeah. um, but until that but hang on to a piece of string and it's basically guesswork it could all change next week they could suddenly find a wonder cure and we're all, be all over I mean it's, an, it's a, it is another nine months until next July but obviously it's you know well, why do you think I've gone to Russia I'm, I'm bringing back the vaccine what <laughs> in, a, in a secret briefcase inside a, inside a little uh, squirt cream can like Jurassic Park Dodson we've got Dodson <laughs> there's the ref I'm joking um, but yeah, um, th I suppose the difficult thing is not only that you know it's easy to say oh well air shows are nine months away and, and you know next July is ages away, but these shows have to start planning and, and getting all the financials and the sponsors and and aircraft. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and they have to start getting those out. So yeah, really interesting. But the thing that sort of strikes me as slightly encouraging is the outdoor activities. Um, seem to be a lot more permissible than indoor activities. So 
I would be more confident as an Asher organizer than say someone who owned the O2 Arena or you know somewhere. No, no, seriously, but, you know, yeah. because because you know, I mean, all right, think about uh, I'm talking about Welsh COVID-19 things because obviously I'm in Wales. Um, or obviously I'm in Wales, um, and the. <laughs> Uh, the rule of six was slightly tweaked for us, and actually you could still meet up to 30 people out outside, uh, you know, socially distanced, of course. Or um, if you wore a mask, that reduces the two-metre social distancing, so it's one metre plus mitigation, which is one metre begins to be just your normal personal space. So, you know, give it nine months, an outdoor event... I mean, certainly probably not on the scale of we've seen previous reacts, but there is room for optimism as well as pessimism, um, and it's important to perhaps maybe say both sides of the both sides of the possibilities. Um, or we could all be, you know, at war or something. I don't know. Um, we could all be at war over donuts. Um, <laughs> In- interestingly, I was going to volunteer. Well, I was going to ask if anyone else would volunteer off the back of No, that. I was going to say, I, I was going to volunteer at Scampton myself, uh, ended up being put down for the aircrew driving uh, part, but unfortunately I was taken ill with viral pneumonia, so I missed the first two weeks Jesus. of September. Yeah, uh, yeah, got Maybe. taken to hospital, then Laura eventually rang an ambulance for me. Um, <laughs> eventually, three weeks later. Death death. <laughs> yeah, that's a long story. Um, but yeah, I, I was gutted to miss... Well, well, has that never translated into wanting to volunteer at Riyadh then? I think at the time, because I was just thinking about this while Andy was talking, uh, I used to work in a theatre, worked there for almost 10 years, and it's the same sort of thing. Um, I moved, I've started off as a theatre assistant and then was a duty manager, so being the duty manager, you don't actually see the performances. And it's a similar thing to, I, I guess, how Andy feels in the show sometimes. You too busy doing work that you don't get to see what's going on but after a time you kind of get used to that and yeah there's on the flip side there's other perks that you get you get access to areas that other people don't and there's a a, a lot of perks to it and I think I just quit the theatre in 2016 and I thought I'm going to do something different and it was kind of the same thinking really it's why I volunteered and it didn't happen like I say, uh, there was an awful lot of hard work, uh, a lot of training that I had to put in for it to be authorised to drive on the airfield itself, which I was quite gutted about actually because you know, there were some quite I say, serious implications if you didn't do all sorts of um, tests and things. So it, it, you know, everything was taken very, very seriously. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually think of doing it ever again. Uh, for Ria, I don't know why really. I think I just enjoy going to the show as a punter, really, more than actually. I, I think I saw Scampton as something a bit different. So, on the scale of Riyadh, I, I, I think I'd rather just enjoy. And I think 20, what was it, 2017 or 18, that was my first. I think 2017 was my first Riyadh anyway. Um, and I think if I hadn't done that again, I, I would have missed it. But I do see why people volunteer because that you know it, it's that there is a fun element to it. it's a lot of hard work but yeah it, it is very enjoyable yeah i mean that's that's was my experience when i was um doing volunteering in st john ambulance in uni um it was you know it was it was hard work and it was i remember it's being very long hours sometimes and you do things like i don't know concerts or festivals or whatever um, 
and yeah you know you, you, there might be someone on stage that you really wanted to see but when you you know when when they go up you're having to deal with a patient at the time you know he's a broken leg or something um and you know you'd, you'd be gutted because because you would see it but ultimately you're you're there as a volunteer and you're there because you've got a job to do so that's you understand that that's that's a possibility and those are those are things you might miss but at the same time you know you, you get perks so you might get to be on sort of on standby backstage which i've done a few things and you get to see everything going on backstage and you get to see right up close you sometimes might be near it sort of sort of right in front of the stage is re you know ready to respond to people in a crowd or something um so that you know that that that's where you get the perks I, I, it's a really bad i don't even like i'm not really into music so i don't know why i'm using that as an example it's a really bad example um but that yeah i it's 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 all about perks perks are what get volunteers coming back um and that yeah that sense of teamwork and being a part of something as well is great fun um and it it it, it is very satisfying once it, you know no, knowing you've you've helped achieve something yeah you get that feeling that you are helping out you know it, it might sound corny to some people but you know you're one cog in the big machine and you're helping to put the whole thing together and i, I think it's true to say it it does take certain people to be volunteers it isn't for everybody but it is rewarding. Yeah. I mean, that, absolutely. That's one thing I'd say. You have to take the rough with the smooth. You have to go with the flow. You can't say, I'm going to do this, and I'm only going to do this, and if it goes wrong, I'm walking away. If something happens, you have to adapt there and then and just let it happen and go with it. Otherwise, you find yourself getting stressed out at it, and it's a case of you, you have to make it fun and enjoy it, otherwise you shouldn't be doing it. And you're not getting paid for it, so yeah, exactly. Well, as I say, it's it's perks, you know. It's that's what you get out of it. You you're not because you're not getting paid. You need to get, you know, you need to have some sort of reward. And and that's and you know that's not to say that you're only doing it for access or you know get behind the scenes looks and stuff. Because you know, like I said, it's not the point. It is also it's it's fun and it's a team effort and um you know it's 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 enjoyable. But that that that's the reward so to speak where, where obviously you're not getting paid because it's voluntary I suppose we're all volunteers at, at UCAR you know we all give up our time oh, and we all chat crap into microphones but it's true but you know um, it's uh, I, I, I wouldn't want to be on the forum as a general person anymore I like having <laughs> I like the power yeah, yeah I, I, I like having just the ability to ban any user that disagrees with me <laughs> Ban this, ban that. What what um, uh, UCAR listeners might not know is that I've changed three of my historic posts to say rude words that I can get past the swear filter, and um, they've been that way for a while, and no one's found them yet. So, you know, challenge <laughs> challenges out there. Right, so, Andy, thank you very much for um, for for coming on. Um, hopefully, we my have pleasure. you on to to more podcasts. Really interesting hearing about the volunteering side of React. Um, some other stuff that we, we didn't even touch so you'll have to come on for some other ones but um, thank you very much and um, no to anyone who is listening to UCAR I mean if you're listening you've probably already found us but we're on uh, Spotify, iTunes um, and SoundCloud and everywhere else that you can get your podcasts 
um, follow us on what's our web address? Jesus Christ, Tom. <laughs> www.forums, well, just airshows.co.uk. If you want to take part in the discussion, uh, find us at forums.airshows.co.uk. And our socials, Sam, come on, I'm nearly there. Our socials are at UK Airshow Review. So thank you very much to everyone for listening to another UK Airshow Review podcast. Um, please, everyone, tell uh, you know, leave a comment wherever you're listening to this that I'm a much better host than Sam. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>